chapter 12 mantaras evil counsel the king embraced rama seated him beside him on the throne and said i am old i have enjoyed my life as a man and a king i have discharged all my duties to my ancestors there is nothing left for me to do my only desire is to install you on the throne of our fathers last night i had bad dreams those who read the future advise me that a great sorrow even death may overtake me very soon hence i wish you to have the coronation performed tomorrow tomorrow the readers of the stars say is auspicious something within me says do this at once you and sita should prepare for tomorrow's anointment by fasting tonight lie down on a bed of darba grass and have trusty and vigilant friends to look after your safety it seems to me that the present time when bharata is away is particularly opportune for your installation not that i do not know that bharata is the soul of righteousness in thought and conduct alike and that he is devoted to you but the minds of men are changeful and open to unexpected influences so the king decided that the coronation should be performed on the very next day and told vasishta of his decision bad dreams added to the reason for fixing the day for the coronation at once taking leave of his father rama went to kausalya's apartment to give her the news and seek her blessing but the queen had heard the news already sumitra sita and lakshmana were all there with kausalya who clad in ceremonial white sat offering prayers for the sun rama reported to his mother the king's latest command she answered this i have heard may you live long be a good ruler conquer your foes and protect your subjects and kinfolk you have pleased your father and you have made me happy then bidding farewell to his mother and stepmother rama went to his own apartment as directed by the king vasishta came to rama's place he was welcomed by him at the entrance vasishta initiated rama with dew mantras in his pre coronation fast as vasishta returned to the king he saw groups of people on the royal road cheerfully discussing the great festival of tomorrow houses were being decorated with flowers festoons and flags it was with the difficulty that vasishta could make his way through the crowds to the king's palace the king was pleased to hear that the fast had begun duly and all was being gotten ready for the ceremony but 
but in his heart of hearts there was a fear that some mishap might come between him and his one wish the city was in a joyous commotion of expectancy in every house in every street men women and children looked on the coronation as a great and auspicious occasion in their own lives and awaited it with enthusiasm rama and sita in their dwelling meditated long on narayana fed with ghee the yaga fire and reverently sipped what remained of the ghee and slept on grass spread on the floor early the following morning they were roused from slumber by newse and held themselves in readiness to proceed to the palace and in expectation of the auspicious call but the summons that came was an entirely opposite nature in accordance with the practice in royal households queen kaikeyi had a woman companion and confidential servant she was a hunchback named mandara being a distant relation of the queen she claimed great intimacy with her mandara is one of the best known characters in ramayana every man woman and child in our land knows and hates her as the cause of rama's exile dasharatha's death and all the sorrows which befell the royal family on the day on which dasharatha summoned the assembly and decided to anoint rama as yuvaraja mantara happened to climb up to the terrace of the women's apartments and stood surveying the town below she saw the streets were sprinkled with water and gaily decorated flags flew from the house tops wearing new clothes and bright jewels smeared with sandal paste and decked in flowers people moved about in crowds engrossed in happy talking musical instruments played in the temples Mantara could not understand the reason for all this for she did not know what the king has decided some celebration was on she guessed Mantara turned to a servant and asked her why are you wearing this silk dress what is on in the city kausalya seemed to be distributing gifts to brahmanas she is a thrifty lady and would not be doing this for nothing there are festive sights and sounds everywhere do you know what all this is about the little girl servant answered dancing with joy why you do not know that our ramachandra is going to be anointed yuvaraja tomorrow morning this was a news mantara was overpowered with sudden anger quickly she hobbled downstairs straight she entered kaikeyi's room kaikeyi was resting on her bed rise rise foolish woman a flood of misfortune is rising to drown and swallow you 
you are betrayed and ruined your sun is setting foolish girl is this the time to sleep kai kai fearing that some calamity had overtaken mantara asked her gently what is troubling you why are you so upset clever mantara began destruction has come upon both you and me my girl dasaratha has decided to make rama yuvaraja the real ruler of this land what greater cause for sorrow need i have when grief comes to you how can i remain unconcerned i have come running to you you were born and bred in a royal family you are married to a royal family now all is over like the simple woman you are you have been deceived your husband has cheated you with sweet words it is a deep plot as anyone can see he put bharata out of the way by sending him to the distant place of his uncle and is taking advantage of his absence by hurriedly crowning rama by tomorrow it will all be over you watch all this lying in bed and doing nothing while you and all who depend on you are being destroyed and so mantara went on talking kaikeyi's ears heard the words without quite heeding their drift like the rest of the royal household her mind was overwhelmed now with a joyous expectation of rama's coronation for she loved and esteemed rama like everybody else mantara you have brought me great news she said is my son rama to be crowned tomorrow what greater joy can come to me here take this ask me for anything else so saying kaikeyi took the necklace off her neck and gave it to mantara it was a royal custom at once to reward with rich gift the bringer of any important good news kaikeyi thought mantara like any other officious personal attendant was ingratiatingly jealous of her mistress interest how could this woman understand the goodness of rama or affairs of state and so she thought her foolish fears would be banished if she saw that her mistress was happy at the event kaikeyi's mind was still uncorrupted she had the culture of her noble lineage and was not easily amenable to low thoughts but this increased mantara's grief she flung away the necklace and said who to you stupid woman all is lost and stupidly you laugh with joy how can you be blind to the misfortune that is coming to you am i to laugh or cry at this folly your rival rama's mother has conspired to make him king and you jump with joy insane woman what would be bharata state when rama reigns 
would not rama fear and even look upon bharata as a dangerous enemy rama knows human nature he knows that bharata alive would be a constant threat to his power and therefore must be killed does not one kill a cobra out of fear hereafter there is no security in bharata's life tomorrow morning kausalya will be a happy woman and you will bend before her as a well dressed slave you will stand before her hands clasped in obedience from tomorrow your son too will be a subject and a slave in these apartments there will be no more honor or joy and she stopped unable for grief to continue kaikeyi heard all this and wondered why should mantara have such fears does she not know rama is he not dharma embodied in human form she said mantara have you not known and rejoiced in rama's truthfulness right conduct and humility he is the elder prince and he gets the kingdom bharata will get it one day after him what is wrong with all this why dear friend do you feel such grief after rama bharata will reign for a hundred years do not cry you know how affectionate rama is to me indeed he cares for me more than for his own mother does not rama hold his brothers as dear as his life it is not right that you should fear any harm from him alas alas said mantara why are you so foolish once rama is crowned king what chance has bharata do you not know the rule of succession when rama ascends the throne all prospects of royalty for bharata and his line are at an end after rama rama's son will be the king and after him that son's son will be the king and so the succession will go on eldest son succeeds eldest son there is no chance for a younger brother no matter how good or manly he is my dear you know not even this what is one to do once rama is crowned she continued he will not leave bharata alone there will be danger to bharata's life if you want bharata to live advise him to remain away and exile from home for if he returns he will be coming to his death it would be safest for him to leave even his uncle's house and hide his head in obscurity in some more distant land and kaushalya is no friend of yours she bears you a grudge because you are the king's favorite and have often slighted her and now she is sure to wreak vengeance on you you know the wrath of a rival wife is a raging fire when it finds its chance you may take it that if rama is king bharata is as good as dead therefore think hard 
be firm decide something and stick to it somehow bharata must be crowned rama must be banished from the kingdom fear now entered the heart of the queen mantara 1 kaikeyi's face was flushed her breath became hot helpless she clung to mantara for comfort and safety because his first two wives had borne no children dasaratha following the royal custom married kaikeyi at that time kaikeyi's father secured from dasaratha the promise that the child of her womb should become king after her in such a promise given by a childless king there was nothing surprising and nothing wrong at that time his then queens had long been childless the king took a third wife for the sake of progeny even then his wish for a son to be born was not fulfilled many years passed after the great sacrifice was performed all three wives bore children the son of the queen eminent rama was the eldest among four sons he was also great in virtue fully equal to the burden of kingship acceptable to ministers citizens and other vassal princes how could dasaratha violate the royal custom and ignoring rama's claim anoint bharata moreover neither bharata nor kaikeyi had ever thought of or wished for the fulfillment of this old and forgotten promise during all the intervening years no word has been spoken on this subject hence the king thought there would be no difficulty in installing rama as yuvaraja in accordance with the custom of the dynasty and public expectation and there was no cloud in kaikeyi's mind this is clear from kaikeyi's behavior and bharata was too good and noble to raise a question and yet as dasaratha told rama even the purest of minds is mutable when fate conspires with bad counsel any one of us might be corrupted and this happened to kaikeyi the gods in heaven have received an assurance and the sages had performed tapas for the destruction of ravana what we call destiny therefore ordained that kaikeyi's pure heart should be changed by mantara's evil counsel so says kamban in the tamil ramayana in his own inimitable style fearing that delay might bring some unpredictable obstacles dasaratha had ordered the coronation to be done without waiting for bharata's return to the capital the same fear and hurry that used by mantara to persuade kaikeyi to take the wrong path think my queen why this haste why does your husband rush through the ceremony when your son is absent is it not to cheat him of his right is not the motive plain the king pretends to be enamored of you but this is only his hypocritical shrewdness thus tempted 
Kaikeyi thought over Mantara's advice. Kaikeyi was weak like any other woman. She had good feeling and good culture, besides a keen intellect. But she had little knowledge of the world. She was also terribly obstinate. Easily deceived, she did not have the power to foresee the full consequences of her action. Thus began the chapter of grief in Ramayana.